Welcome to the Sophisticated Rebels podcast. I'm your host, Kasten Spethman. Today, I'm going to be having a conversation with my friend Jordan Adler, and you guys are going to love him. He is one of the coolest human beings on the planet. He is an author of two books. He runs a philanthropic organization. He is one of the most successful network marketers in the world. He recently bought his own helicopter because he got his helicopter license three years ago. World traveler, just all around amazing guy. And he has been on stage in front of huge companies. We're talking airline companies and cellular phone companies with people like Pitbull and Tony Robbins. And uh, he is just as, if not more motivational than anyone you'll listen to. The reason I chose to interview him is because he was pivotal for me when my business failed a year and a half ago. I went to him and asked him, Jordan, how do, how do I get out of this funk? You know, How do I get my confidence back and figure out what I wanna do next? And the reason that I went to him is not because he's had amazing successes, but the real reason was when he started out over a 10 year period, he had 11 failed businesses, 11. I don't know about you, but if I had had 11 failed businesses, I don't know if I would have kept going. But Jordan knew that he just was learning and had to keep going and eventually he would find the success that he was after and he did. So I figured he was a really good person to talk to about how to get past failure, move on, and find extreme success and happiness. The absolute best thing about Jordan is that he is the most humble, down-to-earth person you will ever meet. We're going to talk about the philanthropic work that he does. We're going to talk about how to choose a good company to work for, whether it's a traditional company and you're an employee or you're an independent representative or you're starting your own gig, doesn't matter. It's about culture, it's about values. We talk about what to do when your family maybe doesn't support what you're doing or agree with it or is just on a different path. We talk about all kinds of stuff. So whether you're into network marketing or not, I think you're gonna get a lot out of this podcast and I really, really hope you enjoy it. So with that, let's talk with Jordan Adler. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Kasten. How are you doing? Good. Welcome, and thank you so much for being on this podcast. Of course. It's my pleasure. I cannot tell you how excited I am to um, do this interview and have this conversation because you, your experiences and our friendship and conversations over the last 19 years uh, is a big reason why I even started this podcast. So you're like the creme de la creme. Thank you for that. I don't even know what to say. Well, you know, it'll make more sense here in a little bit. But um, so I'm going to start out by just sharing with the listeners a little bit about how we know one another. Mm -hmm. And then um, we'll dive in and, and, you know, talk about your story and all the wisdom that you have. So um, just for the listeners, so that you guys know, um, Jordan Adler and I, uh, I think, met in 1999. I joined Excel Communications where he was already a very successful rep and had a very thriving business and uh, have stayed friends over the years, even after Excel shut down and, you know, a lot of people went separate ways. Um, Jordan and I have been blessed enough to stay in touch and maintain our friendship outside of um, just doing business together. We are both big cigar smokers, so we always try to share a cigar when we're together. And right. I j- just love, love, love our conversations about life. And you know, you're you are one of a kind. I have never met anybody even remotely like you, and I wow. doubt I ever will in my lifetime. I'm sure that's not the first time you've heard <laughs> that, but I mean, you really are super unique, and. Um, I'm so freaking lucky that you're my friend. Uh, I feel the same way, Kasten. You're well, pretty darn unique, too. There I aren't don't a whole know. lot of people. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't you know. know. Yeah, we're cut from a different mold. I think both of us are. Thank goodness, right? Yeah, I okay. love it. I love being different. And um, so, um, so let's get to the point about um, why you are so important uh, to this podcast and, and one of my biggest inspirations to do this. Um, about a year and a half ago, I 
I'm sure you remember this. I was in Vegas um, and you and I met and I was really in kind of a bad place. Uh, the business that I, I had started and built um, had failed and I really was in a funk. I mean, I'd lost my confidence and energy and, and aspirations and all of that. And I remember very distinctly coming to you and asking, well, Jordan, uh, unfortunately, I know that you have some experience in this, which is one yeah. of the things we're going to talk about. And how the heck do you get over it? Because if I remember correctly, you had 11 failed businesses before you found one that worked. Yeah, I had, uh, I had dabbled. And you were, you were, when we talked about a year ago, I remember distinctly, I remember where we were sitting. I remember our conversation. Yeah. And uh, I knew that, um, you know, you had poured your heart and soul into your business, into your company. And uh, things just didn't turn out the way you expected them to. And you ended up um, in a situation where you were like faced with all this uncertainty. Um, you know, what direction is my life going to take? What am I, what projects am I going to work on next? How am I going to create income? All those kinds of things. Yeah. And I've, I've gone through that multiple times in my life. Um, you mentioned 11 companies in 10 years. I actually started 11 businesses over a course of 10 years and, and never had any success at all. In fact, never got a single customer, never, never, uh, built any kind of an organization. It was, I guess it was kind of my education, my, my, wow. right, my, right, right. you know, um, my 11, my 10 year education. Um, and a lot of that, uh, was comprised of, you know, dealing with the emotions, the ups and downs of the emotions of it. And then also, um, the financial aspect of it, the, the thousands of dollars that I sunk into the businesses that never, you know, never turned into anything. And then also, um, the, the audio books, that was all part of the training, my training, right. my education. It was like my university, but it was real life university. Yeah. Um, all good, the really programs, good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. All the training programs that I attended, all the audios uh, programs that I purchased, all the books that I read, all the entrepreneurs that I met and um, hearing the stories. And, you know, they say it's cliche because you hear it so often, but they say when opportunity and preparation come together, that's when things happen. Right. And um, also known as luck, by the way. Also known as luck. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And the, and the most successful entrepreneurs in business all have multiple failure stories. True. Um, sometimes with the companies that they're with now and sometimes with other companies that failed, failed them. Maybe there was, maybe, you know, and a lot of times uh, the bigger the failure, the greater the success on the other side. That's pretty common. That, that's what I'm shooting for and hoping for. Yeah. And you're right. It is pretty common. I think it's uh, one of the disservices we do in our culture is that we don't talk enough about failure and how to deal with that and not let it stop you. Um, eight out of 10 businesses fail, yet we set, tend to just focus on the two that make it and glorify those. Right. So, you know, it, it becomes really hard. And um, so let, let's go back a little bit. Some of our listeners don't know your story. Can you talk a little bit about where you grew up and how yeah. you were raised and, and then how you ended up in Arizona and stuff? Yep. I was fortunate. My mom and dad stayed together their entire marriage. I mean, they stayed yeah. together the whole, my whole life until both of them passed away. I lost my mom three years ago and I lost my dad five years ago. And, um, my, and they had entrepreneurial qualities, but they never were entrepreneurs. Okay. Um, so at the same, but at the same time, my dad was fairly, uh, cynical about, um, business. He was all about getting the job and, and, and going to, going to college and that kind of stuff. And so I, uh, I grew up in the South suburbs of Chicago. Um, the home that I grew up in, uh, it was not a bank owned. Uh, it wasn't ever bank owned. It wasn't ever in foreclosure. But when my dad died at the age of 83 years old, he was living in that home and I sold it. Uh, yeah. And it sold on the open market for $10,000. Um, wow. Shootings shootings in the neighborhood now about once. Uh, it wasn't this way when I was growing up, but Right now, there's a shooting every week in, in the oh neighborhood that I grew up in. It's a horrible neighborhood. It's a really tough neighborhood. So wow. that's the area that I grew up. I didn't grow up around a lot of entrepreneurs. I, I didn't grow up in a family that had any money. We would take one driving vacation per year. I wasn't on an airplane until I was 18 years old. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so, but I had entrepreneurial qualities. I mean, I would do the lemonade stand, and I had a paper route, and I looked for ways of getting it, you know, increasing my tips and when I on my paper route and things like that. And so when I... 
and my dad required us to go to college, but the way it worked was he would pay for one year and then we were required to figure out how we we're going to pay for the other three years. Okay. If we borrowed the money or, or and I, I worked my way through college, I, I was a resident advisor and a night clerk. Um, and when I graduated, <clears throat> I moved to Arizona with a guitar, a suitcase and 250 bucks because there was a lot of building going on and I had a degree in landscape architecture. Nice. Um, and so I moved to Arizona, uh, started applying for jobs. Um, I worked at a gym. I rented roller skates, those kinds of things. And then nice. <laughs> finally got a job as a draftsman. And, and um, I started applying for opportunities that were in the classified section of the newspaper. And I would, I would see an opportunity and, and they were all about, you know, um, residual income, getting paid over and over again for working one time. And I, I, was, I was intrigued and excited about sales and entrepreneurship and business. And so I started joining companies. I would play around with them for two or three months. I didn't have a, a bankroll, so I didn't have very much money. My jobs were paying me under 20 grand a year at the time. Yeah. And uh, so I would, I would get involved in a company. I'd work it for two or three months. I'd get discouraged and quit. And I did that for 10 years with 11 different companies. And then in 1992, I joined the company that I met you. Yeah. And uh, in that company, I finally had learned my lessons. I learned what I needed to learn. I knew how to set up an appointment. I knew how to give a simple presentation. I knew how to, um, to uh, follow up with people. And I started to learn about relationship marketing and how you build relationships and take great care of those relationships over a long period of time and how over time, as long as you're solid, you're rock solid with your integrity and, and, and your, um, you demonstrate that you really care about people on an ongoing basis, when people are ready, they come back to you. You stay in touch with them, they come back to you. And so what happened over the next 13 years is I built a very successful business that was billing, I don't know, I think $800,000 a month and the billing of it. Uh, and uh, it, it uh, set me free financially. I had a, an independent organization of 85,000 distributors and a quarter million customers in five countries. And nice. that was my 12th network marketing company on my 11th year in business. Wow. So I want to touch a little bit before we talk about that, because I do want to touch on that. But I want to go back for a second. In those 10 years with the 11 failed um, companies or 11 failed attempts, uh -huh. what kept you going through that? I mean, so what was the motivation and how did you get over the feeling of failure or deal with that feeling? Yeah. So I get asked that question. It's the most common question I get asked is like, what kept you going? And mm -hmm. the truth is, uh, in, in other words, people will say to me, well, why didn't you quit? Well, the truth is I kept quitting. That was the problem. Right. So I would be in a company for two or three months. I'd get two or I wouldn't, I wouldn't take any massive action at all. I would simply just talk to two or three people. They would be negative. They weren't, they weren't excited about what I was doing. And then I would use that as a filter as to whether it was a good opportunity or not. Uh, right. and, and I would make a decision that it's not for me. It, it's not going to work. And so I would quit. And so I didn't, I didn't stay motivated. I didn't, I didn't stay the course. I kept quitting and quitting is just not a great model for success in business. So, <laughs> right. so, um, and so what happened was when I joined my 12th company as an independent distributor, uh, with no organization at all, I was starting from scratch and my relationships, I had been in all these different companies. So I had lots and lots and lots of people that knew me as the person that jumped from company to company, to company that never made any money doing any of them. I mean, right. I was known by my network, my Yikes. tiny network. That's what I was known as. Yeah. So, but I also learned from that experience and from reading and listening to audios and meeting successful entrepreneurs, I learned that the, the only people that make it in business are the people that are willing to work through their challenges on their journey and not quit every time they have a challenge. Yeah. And, that, and the reason most people don't make it especially people that have jobs that start off on their own and they're working it, they're working something part-time on the side. They get a couple of setbacks and those setbacks caught it. They, it knocks them out of the business. So I have a saying that I teach, don't ever quit on a bad day because yeah. you'll, you'll never, if, if you, if you don't quit on a bad day, you're going to have a good day as long as you stay in action. Very and true. The, and the second thing is, um, you know, we're human beings, our emotions go up and down. There's some days where you feel great and there's other days where you just feel like crap and you can't even put your finger on why. 
And if you only make your decisions to work based on how you're feeling, you're never going to make it in business. You know, this story, Kasten. I mean, so true. So true. You know, you, you know how it is. I mean, when you, especially, you know, if you're somebody who's invested a quarter million or a half a million dollars, you've borrowed money from friends, you've, you know, taken out a loan, you've maxed out all your credit cards and you've got everything on the line. Yes. If you're not feeling great that day, you're going, you're still going to go to work. Absolutely. You're still going to go do your work. Because you got a lot on the line, whereas in network marketing, it costs you under $500 to get started. Um, you have one little setback, you know, one thing goes wrong and it's just easy to throw in the towel. So I just decided on my 12th company that no matter how things, how bad things got, even if, it is, if the company was still there and they were still sending checks, then I was going to keep going. And so I had a couple of huge, huge, huge setbacks that would have knocked anyone else out of the business. And if I had quit, Everybody would have said, you have a right to quit. You have a, re- a good, a good reason. Reason. To quit. Right. Yeah. Right. And you know, some of those stories and I stayed with it. And the result of that was I made millions of dollars with that company. Yeah. And um, so to talk a little bit about that company and specifically about you and that company in the years that I've been in business, studying business, teaching about business, um, I've met <clears throat> a lot of people in network marketing companies However, you are the only one, and even top money earners, you are the only person that I have met in network marketing that truly built a legitimate downline that provided you residual income. Meaning, if you didn't do anything, if you left for six months and went on a trek in Africa or Antarctica, you would still be getting those checks. And I think that's one of the things that's so unique about you is that you are the only person I know that has done it right and um, really reaped the benefits of doing it the right way, how it was intended to be done. Yeah, well, there are there are thousands of other people that have done it as well. It's just that I'm the one that you know. But right, are, right, right. Yeah. There are but for the, the majority that yeah. I have met, you know, it's kind of a bummer because um, as a business model, it really is a very smart business model. However, right. um, it's gotten such a tarnished name because I think people have maybe used it, abused it. And the other thing that I noticed, you know, when I would host networking events in Phoenix for all types of business people, anybody, you know, anybody could come. Sure. And here was Jordan and I would watch you. And by the end of the night, nobody knew what you did. And I thought right. that was so cool because you did not, um, you know, it wasn't the first thing out of your mouth. You didn't bug everybody. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it was really amazing. And I, I learned so much by watching you. And, um, but the biggest thing is really that keeping going after those 10 years and learning yeah. and trying again. Yeah, and that, that, is, that is big. It's, it's, continue, it's like having the ability to bounce back within your company, uh, bounce back within your industry, with bounce back uh, in business just in general. Um, it, it's that resiliency. Um, at, you know, everybody who failed, they failed because they quit. And if you never, if you never bounce back, then you never have the opportunity to succeed again. And the ones that, the, the people that you hear about that, um, that, that are living the lifestyle that maybe you're looking for mm-hmm. um, or have, uh, you know, created something that's really made a difference in the world, something really big that's made a difference in the world, all of them, their stories are, are, there's a, a common theme within their stories. And if you just study those people, read the book, read their biographies, right. You'll, you'll learn um, that they all have gone through major trials and tribulations and hardships. Uh, they, if they've built a big company at, at a, a number of times, they've run out of money. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and they're on the verge of failure and they figured it out. They became as entrepreneurs, they became resourceful and they figured it out or their company went away and they started over. Right. 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 That's, that's kind of the position I'm in. And, and the reason I started this uh, podcast is to share those stories, you know, so that people really have almost like a um, toolbox to go to of resources to say, okay, let's see, failed at this network marketing company. What would Jordan do? Right. Um, so, so that's the whole point of this is, and why I came to you. Um, and eventually, you know, I didn't have to ask you every single question of like, how do you find your confidence again or any of that? I would literally think to myself, okay, um, what would Jordan do in this situation? Or boy, Jordan was in a 
tougher situation than this and he made it, he must have figured it out. And yeah. so that's where I got my, my inspiration from you. And um, my hope now is to, to share these stories with others because not everybody can know Jordan Adler like I do. They're not that lucky, but, um, but hopefully, you know, they can learn something here from, from our conversation. And um, so with that, Jordan, you're doing great in Excel. Everything's rocking and rolling. And um, the company sells and the new owners uh, aren't really running it in a sustainable way. And eventually the company shuts down. Yep. Now what happens? So I, I, I was accustomed to earning tens of thousands of dollars a month in residual income. Mm-hmm. And then one, and I had a lifestyle uh, that was in alignment with that type of income. And so my overhead was over 20 grand a month. And one day um, I got a phone call from a friend saying it's over. And I'm like, what's over? And they, it's like, we're done. We're closing the doors. That was it. Wow. And so right away there were no more checks. And, you know, so you go into a little bit of a panic mode. I mean, I wasn't in trouble financially. I had over the years I had saved money. I had equity in homes, but at the same time, the next month I was going through $23,000 a month. Right. You know, and, and you can't um, liquidate quite that fast. You know, no, to, I, went, yeah. I went through $80,000 in four months. Wow. And so I did some things. I mean, I could have done that for a little while. And I, and then I just, uh, I did some things that um, to kind of stop the bleeding and then, you know, tried to take a deep breath and take a bird's eye view. You know, I, I've uh, over the years, I've always been attracted to flight. So even when I was younger, I was dreaming about flying a lot, like without like going into my backyard and spreading my wings and lifting up off the ground. And today, and then I flew hang gliders for seven years. And today I'm a helicopter pilot, but I like climbing mountains. I like looking at things from up above and taking a bird's eye view and kind of taking everything in from a different perspective. And so when that all happened, I had to take a bird's eye view and really take a look at the, in the scheme of things, how bad is it really? Yeah. And, and, and really assess it from that standpoint and then regroup again, it's about bounce, you know, bouncing back and being resourceful. And so I had to figure out, and it it, it doesn't take away, it, it, it never takes away the impact of the, whatever, whenever there's a tragedy or something happens, something falls apart, uh, you know, a devastating loss, um, it, it, you still feel that the impact of it. Right. Um, and, but you know, uh, so, so I, I, I kind of took a new a look at it from a new perspective. Um, I did not follow the, I never follow the flock. Um, that's typically not a Thank good goodness. strategy. Right. Um, no, it's not a good strategy. Follow, follow the flock. In other words, whatever most people, most people struggle financially. Most people struggle with their, um, with paying their bills. They're maxed out, you know, with credit cards and all, all that kind of stuff, whatever the masses are doing, you want to do the opposite of that. Right. And so what I saw everybody going in this direction and everybody going in that direction, I just decided to step back and not go in any direction uh-huh. and just take a yellow pad and go. I went out into the, I had a home up in the mountains in the forest and I took a yellow pad up into the forest and I started writing out what I wanted specifically what I wanted in terms of the results I wanted to create. And then, miraculously when you do that things come to you and my current company came to me and um and i uh i i saw that it was in perfect alignment with what my values were and my philosophies and the direction i wanted to go and so i aligned myself with that company and everybody cast and everybody said there's no money there you're never going to make money it's a it's it's a great idea but there's no long-term money in it and even to this day, I have people saying that, and I've been with my company for 14 years as an independent distributor, and uh, I just I just paid cash for a helicopter. Yeah, and right. with the money that I made here, after I could name these are experts. These are people that are my friends that are experts in their fields that have written books. They're marketing experts, and 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 they've got um, big names in my profession, and they all all of them said you will never make money doing that. So you can't follow what people say. Right. That's another, that's another the thing naysayers. that I learned is, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you just, you've got to follow your heart. You've got to follow the direction that, and then also you got to, it's, it's very easy to, to question yourself. Like when things go south a little bit. So like, let's say you follow your heart and you start moving down a particular path and then something happens. And the way we are as human beings, we start to, in order so that we can be right, 
we start to say things like, well, maybe that wasn't, maybe it wasn't a good decision for me to do this. Yeah. Right. Right. And instead of getting back to the reason why we did it in the first place. Yeah. 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 And, so. and do you go back to that <clears throat> yellow pad of things that you wanted and well, yeah, I mean, environments you wanted to work in when those tough things happen? Because I'm, I'm thinking to myself like, well, I need to maybe do that and, and, have that as a resource when times do get tough to go back and say, no, this is what I want. And this, this is, is why the path. I signed up for this program. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. This is the path that I chose to take. And the reason I chose to take it is because a, it had for me, it was like a, a visionary leader that didn't just have the vision, but he had the ability, he had the um, ability to communicate that vision. I was looking for something that had a relatively low market penetration that had a big upside. I was looking for um, a, a, a philosophy around um, the law of attraction or um, giving without the expectation of getting anything in return. In other words, a, an environment, a culture of giving. Nice. A, a culture that is aligned with love and not fear. There, there's a lot of opportunities in the marketplace, and this applies to any business, but there's certain businesses that their model or their culture is all about getting, 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 getting. Yes. Closing, closing, closing. Yes. Always be closing. A, B, C. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. what am I going to get? Um, you know, those kinds of things. And that's just not in alignment with who I am. That's not the kind of company that I wanted to align myself right. with. Now, some people are really, they're perfectly aligned with that type of an opportunity. But for me, it wasn't that. I was looking for something that, was all about the law of reciprocity. Yeah. Interesting because all the things that you just listed of what you were looking for in a company, not once did you mention the ability to make a shit ton of money. No, but the, here's the thing. When you, when you do the right things, when you serve people, when you add value, when you give without the expectation of getting anything in return, the money is a, the, the big money. Byproduct. Yeah. It's kind of a byproduct. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, I mean, this can go for having a regular job or any kind of position, whether you're in network marketing or you have your own company or you're working for a company, if it aligns with your values. I, I have friends that, you know, they get laid off or whatever, they're looking for a new job and they're kind of in this place of desperation. And I think to myself, because I haven't had a job since I was 21, I, I asked them, well, have you interviewed the company? And have you thought about, is this a company you want to work for? I mean, it has to be more than just a paycheck and a, and a job. And um, I'm surprised at how many people don't do that. Right. You know, and yeah. I, and, you know, probably in, um, because I have been approached by lots of network, the only network marketing company that I was in was Excel, but, and I loved that company. It was very unique to me. Um, but a lot of times, even the presentation of from people, you know, trying to see if I would be a good representative in their company, it's never about the things that are important to me. So I think what we're talking about right now is so hugely important for your own happiness, um, but also the happiness of the people that you bring in to work with. Because if yeah. their values don't align, then they're never going to find success with that company and they'll be miserable and you'll be miserable. Right. Like, so, um, you know, and this doesn't have to be a complicated process. It might end up being just three things. Yeah. Like w one of them might be, I want the ability to work from anywhere. I want to be able to mm -hmm. work from my apartment on the beach or my condo on the beach. I want to be able to work from uh, the top of the mountain. I want to be able to travel and yeah. I want to be able to do my business from anywhere in the world. That might be one of your values. It might be something as It is, as, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> so, so you don't have to make this a complicated thing. It's just yeah. write down two or three or four things that you want. And then just focus on those things and keep your radar up. And those, you'll, you'll be guided towards those, the things. The right opportunity will come along that will be in perfect alignment with what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, so... I have another question for you. You may or may not um, know the answer to this, but I'm sure you do because you've been around a lot of different businesses. But what do you think is the biggest difference uh, between network marketing and traditional entrepreneurship? So a couple things. One, that, first one that comes to mind is that in traditional business, the more successful you become, 
the less freedom you have. Right. So in the traditional business, um, for you to grow, you typically hire employees and yeah. each employee represents, and, and, and those employees are a responsibility to you. Um, and versus in network marketing, it's independent distributors. They're not, you're not responsible for them. They're independent contractors. Mm -hmm. So the bigger you get in network marketing, the more uh, distributors or referral partners you have, the more leverage you have and the more freedom you have. So the bigger you get in network marketing, the more freedom it gives you because it gives you the, um, it gives you the, the leverage of uh, people and time without having to manage those people. So now there are people in network marketing that go down the path of trying to manage their independent distributors. They, they end up in the same scenario where their life becomes all consumed with managing people versus having the freedom that network marketing promises. Right. So that's one thing. The second thing that's huge is that in traditional business, for you to grow, typically you either have to make a lot of money or borrow a lot of money. Yeah. Um, you have investors that you're dealing with. You're having to deal with every component of the business. So you have to deal with the shipping and you have to deal with the uh, product fulfillment and you have to do with the research and the development. And you're investing for things that are going to be happening two, three, four years from now. You've got to hire employees. You've got to have your legal team. You've got to have your accounting. You're purchasing all these different departments that you have to oversee and manage. And for you to grow, it requires enormous amounts of money. Right. Versus in network marketing, the company does all that stuff for you. Uh -huh. The only thing you do is you just attract the team. You just build the team. And so it gives you, again, it gives you the, the freedom and you can do it on a shoestring. You can start it on a shoestring and build it grassroots. And there's virtually no limit to how big you can make it. So those are, those are just a couple of the real those obvious are good. differences. Yeah. Between, yeah, really good. And I don't know that a lot of people really think about that. I mean, I know when you were in Portland last, we were having cigars with some folks and we had a long conversation. This goes for both, you know, traditional business and network marketing, but the tax benefits of owning your own business and the yeah. write-offs that you get are just enormous. And we could do a whole nother podcast just on that. And maybe we will, but um, yeah, there really are some great, great benefits to network marketing. Um, are there any downsides? What's the, what's the downside of network marketing? Um, and there's downsides to everything, just like, you know, there's sure. downsides to traditional business and there's downsides to net network marketing. Um, the, the downside to network marketing is you're dealing with people. Mm -hmm. And um, most people, I, I, I'm just going to say it because it's the truth, is most people uh, don't, aren't, aren't real dependable. Like yeah. they're not, they don't keep their word to themselves and they don't keep their word to other people. So right. a lot of people, because people in general are quitters, that doesn't have to do with network marketing. It has to do with just people in general. I mean, right. look how many people join the gym and then never follow through on working out. Yes, so true. Over 90% of the memberships at a gym never go in and work out. When I say never, I'm talking about like once a year they come in. Right. Right, right, uh, you know, right after New Year's, they'll work out once or twice and they'll keep paying their membership every month just in case they ever decide to go in, but then they never go in. 90%. Yeah, yeah. And that's just the nature of people. And so in network marketing, because you're dealing with an, a volunteer army, yeah. um, you're, you've got, uh, you know, you're dealing with lots of different personalities and uh, a lot and people that are doing it part time. It's not the highest priority in their life. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, the, the quest becomes to find the serious ones and they're few and far between, but they're out there. Do, would you say you've gotten pretty good at letting go of expectations of people? Yes. Is that really a big is. key to? It is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's also the downfall of a lot of people is that you expect people to, to do things, you know, especially because they say things and they, they say how great they're going to be and they say how they're going to make all this money and they say how they're going to make you rich. They're going to build a giant team. They tell you all this stuff. And then two weeks later, they're gone. They do they nothing. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's tip, but that's not, that's, that's in real estate too. Like how it really you know, is. Yeah. Over mm -hmm. half of realtors get their license and never sell a single home. Yeah. Half. Yeah. 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 So it's just, I think, I think in life, I mean, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's in life. I think that's in friendships, sometimes family, everything is that, you just have to keep going and doing what you know is right because people are flaky and they, they don't keep their word. Right. So um, I think just to be a happy um, person that doesn't ride an emotional roller coaster, it's controlling that expectation of others that we have. Yeah. 
I think that's a big key to it because I find myself getting very frustrated and angry and hurt um, by that happening in all areas of my life. Right. No, it it happens with people personally too. Like, you know, friends, friends that let you down and it's tough sometimes It, it, you know, it requires a, it requires a level of discipline. So, you know, um, one of the things that anyone can do to give themselves an immediate competitive advantage is just be good to your word. In other words, if you say you're going to do something, then do it. Do it. Even yes. if it takes, even if it takes, even if it's harder than you expected it to be. Right. So for example, if you make a claim, because every single time you say you're going to do something and then you don't do it, it actually lowers your credibility with your network and your network is your most valuable asset. So true. Even, even something as simple as keeping your phone number for your whole life. Yeah. You know, you change your phone number, you know, you get a new address every six months. It, it, it erodes, it, it ultimately erodes your credibility when you're doing Interesting. That. Yeah. So, so, um, and, and I, I, this was by design. I've had the same mailing address for 30 years. I have the same phone number for 30 years. Yeah. Why? Because somebody from 10 years ago can call me. Yes. Even if I haven't talked to them and I'm going to pick up the phone. And I, I would think that there's also a sense of stability with stability. that. Right. Yeah. Which, and people look to stability. Like if, if you're going to like, think about it, if you're going to look, let's say you have a hundred million, let's say you have a million dollars and, and um, you have three people that come to you uh, wanting to borrow $2,000 yeah. and two, two of them are really flaky because mm-hmm. they have no stability in their life. And one of them is super stable. Which one are you more likely to loan the two thousand dollars to? Right, the stable one. Of the course. stable one. But sure. that that applies to everything in your You're life. right. You're so right. So when you when you when you when you plant your roots and be very stable in your relationships, you treat people right, you um, stay in touch with people, you don't you're not you're not living in a different place every six months. It's okay to live in different places, but yeah. but make your domicile solid. Yeah. And yeah, I think, um, you know, for me, I, I always tell people what you see is what you get, which could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, but it's consistent. You're always going to get what you see is what you get. I don't put on a facade. So, um, you know, I try to be stable in that manner and people can take it or leave it. No, people, people view you cast in as a very stable entrepreneur. And you know what? It doesn't matter. Like, because, because you're just your core values and the way you do business and the way you treat people. Um, it all that 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 is projected out into the world and people view you as a positive force um, of entrepreneurship. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I appreciate that because yeah. that is one of my core values. And I want people to know that it does not matter if they're the janitor, the CEO, the horse trainer, the, you know, doctor, it doesn't matter. I treat everybody the same. Yeah. And so, um, so do you have... I would imagine because network marketing is oftentimes done part-time, um, do you find that having a certain routine or schedule or discipline um, helps you get stuff done every day? Um, well, my, because of the, the kind of life that I live, I mean, I'm, I'm, um, I live in multiple places and I travel a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a, I don't have a set routine, not a daily set routine, but I do have things like, for example, on my set of goals for the year, I'm, and I don't, I don't follow this as a rule, but it's kind of more of a guideline. So if I fall off track a little bit, I can get right back on. Okay. For example, I, I, my goal, my plan is to do two yoga classes per week and one uh, one day in the, in the gym per week. Nice. And so I'm not able to do it every single day because sometimes I'm setting my alarm for 4:30 AM to catch a flight. Sure. Um, sure. But, but, but I do uh, as a discipline, get at least two yogas in a week and one, one day at the gym. And then, it's, and then also in terms of the way that I consume food, you know, I'm, I have some like loose rules around that um, to keep myself healthy. Because um, health is such an important part. Yeah. I, I know, I remember, um, you know, when I was launching my lipstick company and it, it was pro- like 20 hour days, seven days a week for several months and not eating right and not exercising. 
and boom, I got pneumonia. (laughs) So there is a big correlation there. (laughs) It's not rocket science. You got to physically mind, body, spirit, right? Yeah. And then, and then a couple other things I do is, um, you know, again, I want to reiterate your network is your most valuable asset. And so as a business owner, regardless of the type of business, whether it's traditional business or network marketing, um, you got to do everything with it. You need to make um, taking care of your network a priority. So every single day I send out cards and gifts every day. That's one of the things I do. Yeah. The second thing I do every day is I call uh, two or three people a day that I haven't talked to in a long time. When they pop into my mind, I just, or I'll send them a text message or I'll give them a call and leave them a message because they typically don't pick up. Yeah. They just don't pick up their phones too much anymore. But I'll leave a message and just say, hey, Patty, I haven't talked to you in you know, two years and you're, you, you know, I thought of you today and I want to just call and say hi and see how you're doing. No agenda. You know, I had this guy, I'll just share this with you. This guy contacted me. I haven't talked to him in three years. He used to be in one of the Vegas shows and he's a good guy, but he's in the, he's in the movie business and I haven't talked to him in like close to three years. And out of the blue, I get messages from him and he launches into how he's trying to raise money for his movies. Mm -hmm. And he was wondering if I would be interested in investing. Yeah, I haven't heard from the guy in three years. He hasn't called or messaged me once just to say, hey, Jordan, how are you doing? He hasn't invited me to coffee or lunch or anything like that. Yeah. And so it's it's really, you know, just really it's a turn off things. Yeah, it's a turn off. It is a turn off. Yeah. So, you know, somebody somebody who wants is who's doing movies that's going to need to raise money. It would be a good move for them to build their network and stay in touch with the people in their network on a regular basis when you. Uh, when you don't need something, you know, Harvey McKay absolutely uh, wrote a book said called dig your well before you're thirsty. Yes. Right. Yep. Yeah. You know what I just thought of even the difference between Excel, the company that we were in versus send out cards that you're in now. Um, the difference of what it means for the customer. So the customer of send out cards gets a nice card from you or from someone in your downline and maybe a gift, et cetera. And it brightens their day. Not many cards don't brighten your day. Uh, You know, in Excel, our customers got bills. Right. I mean, that's right there. What a difference between a negative and a positive. Yeah. Um, So people are going to associate. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. um, So last kind of business question I have for you. Um, What's the biggest mistake that you see people making in your industry? Well, we kind of talked about it. The biggest mistake I might, let me see if I can think of something else. The biggest mistake people make is that they quit when things get tough. That's right. what, okay. that, that's, that's probably the biggest mistake in our, in, in this industry. The other, the other one that comes to mind is that um, people focus on, and again, we, we kind of touched on this, but people focus on, um, on getting versus giving. Giving. Um, mm. R- Gary Vaynerchuk, Chuck, wrote oh, a yeah. book. Um, he's the number one social media guy in the in the world right now. And right, right. He wrote a book called Jab, 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 Right Hook, which I'm sure you've heard of. Yes, of course. Um, yeah. And so what that means is give, 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 ask. Yeah. And yeah. Um, most people, again, it's like you see them at networking events. And, you know, the reason they turn off all their friends is because they're always trying to get something instead of focusing on giving. So like when you talked about me going to a networking event, it's absolutely true. I want people to wonder what I'm doing so that they they ask me. So I don't go around telling everybody what I do, but I ask a lot of questions and I listen and I develop connections with people. So I express interest in what they're up to. And I ask them a lot of questions and I learn as much about them as I can. And I, people just love that because it doesn't happen very often. No, exactly. I hear when um, there were a lot of networking events in Phoenix that I would attend and, um, there, I think there are a lot in Portland too, but I just, ha- I don't go to many of them, but I remember people saying, Oh, I just hate going to networking events. And I would start to ask them why. And they went with this um, idea that they would have to get business. They would have to meet, you know, contacts for business. And I said, well, what if you just went with the intention of meeting the most interesting person in the room? Right. Because that was the intention that I set every time I went to a networking event. I didn't care if I told anyone about anything about me. I just wanted to meet somebody super, super interesting. And that changes the entire dynamic and people want to talk about themselves. They want, 
you know, to, to share their story. And I met some really, really interesting, cool people. Yeah, you made some great friends doing it too. Yeah, great yeah. friends. Yeah, so true. So, um, okay, well, we're going to jump into um, some kind of off-the-wall questions. And I ask these, uh, some of them are kind of deep-dive questions, and then some of them are just kind of fun questions for people to get to know you a little differently. Uh Um, So the first question is, what is something that people assume about you that they get wrong? Oh, this is a funny one. So um, when, when they find out that I fly helicopters... Mm-hmm. Uh, because I learned, I, I learned, I got my license three years ago. I don't know whether it's because of the way I look, maybe because I'm short, maybe because I'm bald, maybe it's my age. I don't really know. Maybe it's my demeanor, the way I, I am with people. But people always go, so when I say, when they find out I'm a helicopter pilot, they go, so who actually flies the helicopter? And I say, <laughs> well, I fly the helicopter. <laughs> and, and they go, but so you have somebody with you that you, you just bring people and take them up. And I go, no, 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 I actually fly. To, I'm actually the pilot of the helicopter. I have my license. And they usually ask me three or four times. It's the craziest thing. I don't know why, but it happens all the time. They cannot believe, people cannot believe by, I guess maybe by the way I look or the way I am that I fly helicopters. No, I think it's your demeanor because you know I think, is? yeah, because um, I, I have known some other helicopter pilots and they're very intense um, yeah. You know, it's a very thorough job. I mean, you have to be thinking about every little thing and um, they're usually pretty quiet, not as charismatic as you. So I, I'm sure it's just your demeanor, uh, but it would be interesting. You know what? You should ask some people when they ask you that. Yeah, I, I will do that. I yeah. Will do that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. So is there, I don't know if this was true for you. It was for me. So I, I love to ask people this and I don't know if they've thought about it very often, but was there something that you knew intrinsically already as a child about either your life or life in general? Something that you just knew from the time you were young. Yeah. It's funny that you, you said that you're one of the most, you said when you introduced me that Jordan, you're one of the most unique people that I've ever met. Yeah. When I was as young as six years old, I perceived, I didn't know the word unique, unique, mm-hmm. but I perceived myself as special. Yeah unique like and then the word later on probably when I was about eight I actually in my mind described myself as unique and so every everything I did I tried to stand out and I don't know where that came from I don't know why uh maybe it had to do with attention I don't really know but back then it was all about like I would do things the opposite of the way everybody else did them me too yep Yeah, my whole life has been when everybody goes right, I purposely go left. I I actually believe that we're born with some some of that knowledge and just some of that. I don't think it's really from experience. We're just born that way. And I think that we talk away some of these truths that we know, even as children, about ourselves or about life. We we just know them intrinsically. And um, I think if people really ask themselves that question and thought about it honestly for a while, they could come up with some real answers as to you know, what they should be doing with their life or how they would be happier or more productive or, or whatever. So, um, I just love asking that question and I love that you are exactly what you knew as a child. That's pretty cool. Thank you. Um, another child question, what is something that you hated as a child, but are now grateful for or thankful? Maybe that your parents made you do or that, Yeah. I don't know, anything. You put me on the spot here, Cassie. I know these are not the <laughs> these are not the typical wine, beer, or whiskey questions. <laughs> I will tell you, this is this is it. This is it right here. I used to despise typing class in high school because I used to say to myself, "I am never going to be a secretary. I do not <laughs> need to know how to type." But now I can I can be carrying on a conversation and typing on my keyboard, and I know where all the keys are. And I use the touch method and I can probably type 90 words a minute or I love maybe it. more. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. But I really appreciate that, that I can type like crazy now. And I learned it in high school. I'm so glad I learned it. See, that is a great answer. Such a good yeah. answer. Um, okay. What do you think is your most valuable trait? Um, I think it's probably really being present with people, mm-hmm. you know, being able to really uh, connect with people and, and, and acknowledge them. I would agree with that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, is there an uncommon app or website that you use all the time that you would recommend to others? Am I allowed to be a self-promoter? Of course. <laughs> the, I, and I'm not just saying this because it's my company. I'm no, really I'm not. I believe that it's like the, for business, it's the most valuable app in the marketplace for really um, making sure that people feel appreciated and yeah. acknowledged and thanked and all those things. It's like it makes you it, and it's send out cards. Right. It's the send sure. out cards app. It's so powerful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's the one that's I use it every day. I use it probably 30 minutes a day. I love it. The only other the only other one that I use as much as Facebook. Right. So that's a common one. So, right. So like, um, I'm trying to get at, okay. So when we were having cigars last, um, you, and there was another gentleman in the room who actually came over and showed me the app. Uh Do you remember what that was? It was about taxes and being your own business owner, like to show you what your taxes. It's a guy named Sandy Botkin. It's his app and it's called tax box. It's, it's a value. It's a valuable app for somebody who's just getting started in business. Okay. Tax box, B O T. And it, what a, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, that wasn't the app. That, that is a good mm-hmm. app, but that's not the guy. It's Brian Carruthers. Uh, C-A-R-T-H-U-R-E-R-S, I think. Okay. And his, I don't know what his app is called, but it's a, it's, it is a really good app for um, – it, it's really more of a presentation app for right. marketing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a, good, it's a really good app, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, there's some it good helps, stuff out there. It helps people. It helps that app helps people that have jobs see why having a business is going to be worthwhile, even if they don't make money right away. Yeah, even if it's part time and right. on the side yeah. and all that. Yeah, no, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, there really are some amazing apps out there that just nobody knows about. You know, it's just yeah. it's really really cool. Um, Okay. What is your go-to when you're feeling down or unmotivated? Oh, um, I got to fly. I either go to the mountains. I got to get up high. Got it. I got to get up high. I either have to go up to the mountains or I got to get in the helicopter and take a flight. Um, yeah. Or got it. Yeah. That's typically what it is. Yeah. Um, what are you struggling with currently? Truthfully right now I'm in, pain because my neck hurts from we talked about that from some just in my neck and so I got some injections on Monday and that that, that's like right right in the moment but um uh you know the ongoing challenge for me in the business that I'm involved in has to do with um when people that you have a lot of respect that you have a lot of respect for and that you held up you held it in up at, you know, in a high place, uh, mm-hmm. let you down. Yeah. You know, and, and that's that never really, gets easier, does that, it? No. And it, it, it's an ongoing thing too in business. And it's, uh, and then not just that, but how other people respond to that. What do you, you know? mean? What do you mean? Well, like if somebody, like if, if a big leader leaves your company mm-hmm. and, and people follow them because they're really not there for the, they're not there for the right reasons. Oh. It, it just, it's still, it's still, it, there's something about that that just feels off to me, but it's like what we deal with. And it's like, if you, it's like, if you were, uh, uh, working, you're, you're an employee or, a, uh, an officer at a big company and the president of the company decides to leave and go to another company. Right. Right. That's difficult. It's difficult on the employees. It's difficult on the officers. Uh, it requires, um, you know, a level of maturity to be able to handle the emotion of it. Yeah. And uh, it's, it never, it never goes away because it's just built into our system. It's part it of is. It. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, would you see s- things change? Right. I mean, the only guarantee is that things will change, right? right. They, they do continuously. Yep. Um, would you say that you're reward motivated or fear motivated? Oh, definitely reward motivated. But yeah. a lot of people are, most people are fear motivated. And do you think it's important to know that when you're working with them of how to communicate with them? I think so. I mean, I, I think that after a while, if you've been, if you're in sales or if you're in business, I think after a while you, you just adopt a, a, an, an intuition about that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. and, and it becomes a subconscious thing. It's not, it's something that you definitely, you may not be aware of it, but it's something that you definitely are able to, um, 
manage based on just how, you know, your experiences with people. Do you, um, do you find, do you think people, more people are fear motivated or more people are reward motivated? I think people are more fear motivated. I do too. Yeah. I think more people are, are motivated by fear of loss than potential for gain. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Which is that drive to feel the security. Mm-hmm. And then there's the entrepreneurs that are driven by perform. They're driven by growth and they're driven by achievement and they're driven by, you know, that's a different mindset. Yeah, it really but, is. But yeah. it, and, and, and so, you know, there's the person that needs this, the safety and the security, the perceived safety and security. Those people don't typically make the best entrepreneurs. True. And I, I know when we were together last, we were talking about how I believe you were saying it was like a defiant personality. Right. Like the yeah. person that says, Mm-mm, no, you're going to tell me I'm not going to do it. So I'm going to do it 10 times better. Yeah. So Tony Robbins talks about um, he calls them meta programs. Yeah. And we're all wired differently. Some people are wired to move towards. Some people are wired to move away from. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are um, defiant. Some people are compliant. Right. And so. um if you're a compliant person, you're going to operate in life differently than if you're a defiant person. And Very that's just so. kind of, he calls them meta programs and there's a million of them. You know, you could, you mm-hmm. could sit and, and identify a million of these things, but um, it, it is, uh, it's interesting because, um, you know, if you're, if you're a person that tends to move towards things, then you're going to be attracted by the carrot. But, right. but if you're one that, or you might, if, if you want somebody that um, tends to move away from things, if somebody gives you a carrot, tries to feed you a carrot, you're going to go eat candy. Oh. That's yeah. moving away from things. Whereas sure, sure. If you're one to move towards things, somebody offers you a carrot, you go, oh, thank you, and you eat the carrot. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So I was wired as a defiant person, no matter what, when someone of authority Yes. suggested that I do something or asked me to do something, I would do the opposite. <laughs> I'm only laughing because I just had my life flash before my eyes. Yeah, that's you. Uh-huh. Rule that's breaker. You, yeah. Right? The one, mm-hmm. You're the one that left home when yeah. your parents said, you can't do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm out of the country. Have, have a good day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about how people can find you, how they can follow you, et cetera. Um, and before we dive into the send out cards I, and your book, I want to talk, can you tell everybody a little bit about card flurry? Cause it's so cool. Yeah. So cool. So, um, this came as a result of a story about a guy that, uh, it was in California. It was in a, it was in a smaller town in California. I can't remember right now the name of the town. I may remember it, but, um, what happened was there was a garbage strike going on and the strike had been going on for months and the, the, the gar- it was a really nice neighborhood and the, the trash was piling up really high and the rats were coming and it was smelling up the neighborhood. And some guy went and um, he was a realtor, but he, he went and he hired a bunch of trucks and he cleaned up without telling anybody, he just cleaned up the neighborhoods and everybody woke up the next morning and thought the trash strike was over and it wasn't over. Um, he just went and took care of the problem. Well, he didn't tell anybody who he was. Nobody knew. It was all over the news, but nobody knew who did it. Okay. And so two weeks later, he identified himself, and he didn't identify himself. Somebody figured out who he was. And because they found out as a realtor, his, his real estate business exploded, and everyone wanted, to, everyone wanted to buy a home or sell a home through the guy that cared about the neighborhood. Yeah. And so he became very, very, very successful as a result of that one act that cost him a few thousand dollars. So I I heard that story. And then, um, you know, I started thinking I've got we've got this system that allows people to send out cards through their from their phone in the mail from their phone or from the Internet. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if once a month we identified someone that was in need that could use a card flurry? Yes. And, and one of our, one of our distributors came up with the name card flurry, which was perfect. And so I put together a Facebook group called card flurry, C-A-R-D-F-L-U-R-R-Y. You can go there and join it if you want to. And, uh, every month, uh, you can go to the store and buy the card if you want to, but every month we identify a family or an individual that is in need. And we've got a website where people can submit, uh, possible, um, entries for the card flurry. 
It's cardflurry.com. The only thing I have to say is we do one a month and they need to be through a news organization. Uh-huh. And the, re- the reason for that is because we can't put somebody's home address. Personal information. Out. Yeah. So we send it to sense. a news station. So if it's something you've seen on the news, somebody who, you know, is going through a tough time or whatever, that those are great. And if you go to, if you go to the website, you can see there's probably 20 stories on there of people that have received a uh, card for you. There's a little boy. His name's Willie. And he's, uh, he lives in California and he was a, uh, five years old and there was a drive-by shooting at a birthday party and he was the only one that was shot and he was paralyzed from the neck down. Yeah. And uh, so he became one of our card flurries. And so one of the pictures you'll see on the website is Willie uh, with his wheelchair in the background. He's six years old and he's sitting on the ground and he's surrounded by all this love. He's got probably two or 300 cards around him and a whole bunch of gifts. And he's got this big smile on his face. He's sitting on the ground surrounded by all these cards and gifts. I love it. Yeah. You know, the world just needs so much more of that. You know, there's so much bad news all the time. And um, kudos to you because you are making the world a better place. Thank you. And the rest of us just get to help a little bit along the way. But <laughs> but um, just so everybody knows, too, I will put in the show notes, I will put all these links to the Facebook group and to the Card Flurry website and Great. to your book and, you. and your send out cards link and all of that. So awesome. OK, so you are also a published author, um, two very good books. Tell us a little bit about Beach Money. So I've got two books. The first one I wrote 10 years ago, it's called Beach Money and uh, had no idea what was going to happen, but that book is all over the world now. still sells a few thousand copies a month, 10 years later. Um, And it's about creating a freedom in your life, financial freedom, uh, residual income. It's all about how to create residual income in your life, having a flow of money into your bank account uh, that gives you um, the ability to, to live life on your terms. And then the second book, is called Better Than Beach Money. It's kind of the second edition of that book. And it's, uh, it's more stories and examples and it's a fun read. Awesome, awesome. And uh, so I will put some links for that. Uh, if people wanna follow you on social media, do they find you at Beach, yeah, Beach just, Money Jordan or Jordan Adler or how do they find you? J- Jordan Adler, um, you can follow me on Facebook, Jordan Adler. I've got a fan page and a business page and a personal page. And nice. then you can also go to beachmoney.com and I'll send you some stuff if you, if that's you great. Your email address yeah. in there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So there you go, folks, put your email address in there and you can chat with Jordan directly. Okay. So yeah. Tell us now how people can find you if they want to get signed up with send out cards or that maybe they want to learn a little bit more first. Yeah. Um, best thing to do if you want to go to sendoutcards.com forward slash take the challenge. Okay. Sendoutcards.com forward slash take the challenge. And you could, there's a couple of videos on there and you can, um, you know, click around on the site. Uh, and then also, uh, if you want to send me an email, uh, I can actually add you to, uh, something that will, will send you some, some tra- It's like free training on how to, um, how to use relationship marketing to better your life and to grow your business. So if yeah. you want to send me an email, beachmoneyjordan at gmail.com beachmoneyjordan at gmail.com. If you send me an email, I will add you to that and you'll cool. get some, uh, some really great stuff. Awesome. And I will put that in the show notes as well. I am a send out cards user. It is super easy to use. They just revamped the whole website and app and it is so, so simple to use. Yeah. Um, so I, the, the, here's the thing that I've always thought was the coolest thing about this. I mean, there's other network marketing companies that maybe have candles, which smell great or supplements that help you feel better or, you know, cell phone usage or whatever. Um, but send out cards works for every industry or every individual because yeah. everybody can send a card, whether it's for a birthday or an anniversary or retirement um, and every company out there, the key is customer retention. And there probably isn't very many better ways to keep your customers engaged and acknowledged and thought of than a nice card. That's right. So, yeah. yeah. Are there any questions that I didn't ask you that you wished I would have? Well, I will just say this. If you had asked me what's one thing, some, what's one thing a company can do or individual can do to give themselves an instant competitive advantage. Mm -hmm. How about that? That's it. Yeah. Okay. So I would say if that's all you did, 
was send a thank you card every time somebody does something nice for you or anytime somebody does business with you. Send a thank you card. If that's all you did, it's going to make, it's going to put you at the top of your game in your profession because nobody does that. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And it takes very little time. You don't have to run right. to the store anymore. I mean, we live in the digital age. Send out cards has made it super easy. Yeah. So yeah. I love it. Anything else you want to share with us, Jordan? Oh, Kasten, I just, I just want to thank you for inviting me to be part of this. And um, I'm, I'm happy that I got to spend a few minutes with uh, some of the people in your community. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. And, um, you know, it, it's going to be the rest of my life. I'm going to have moments where I think to myself, what would Jordan do? Oh, and so, nice. <laughs> so, so thanks for always being such a good leader and just such a good person. I mean, I'm really not even trying to, you know, it's, it's just very true when I say you make the world a better place. Thank you so much. You really do. So I'm, I know that I'm, there's lots I'm of people out there. As a friend. So, well, thank, thank you. you. I appreciate it. Um, all right, my friend. Well, I will, let's wrap it up. I'll let you go. And I know I'm going to have you on again. Um, I've already thought about a couple other things that we could have conversations around that would be helpful for listeners. So Great. don't be surprised if you get another call from me and until then huge success and uh, hopefully we'll have cigars again soon. That sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Thank enjoy you. your new helicopter. You. you bet. Bye, everybody. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in today, guys. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you missed any of the links or contact information for Jordan that he was talking about, don't worry. They are in the show notes. So just log on and you can find the links to his books to the card flurry, how to reach him, etc. If you have any questions for me, please feel free to email me, Kasten, at castenspethman.com. I'd be happy to answer any of them for you. I hope you all have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to being in your ears again soon.